Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing today? Doing good? Feeling good? All right. We are, if you're just joining us, in a summer sermon series on prayer called Amen. And this series is designed to help you increase your confidence and ability to pray. It's been an awesome series so far. We've heard some great teaching. um, And I'm excited for another morning as we learn about prayer. I've spent the last... Ten years of my life before coming here to Hope, teaching teenagers how to pray. I don't know if you've ever tried to teach a teenager how to pray, but the struggle's real. It is. It really is. I remember one night, a youth group, one of our boys showed up named Jake, and Jake was a football player, and he had an injured ankle, and his best friend, one of his good friends, was with us, who was a part of our youth group, and got time to pray. And I asked Jake's friend, I said, hey, would you be willing to pray for Jake, his, his ankle's injured and he might miss some time, so would you be willing just to ask God to heal his ankle? And he's like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's pray for Jake. Bow our heads, close our eyes. And I'm just kind of waiting. And I opened my eyes and literally he was frozen, mouth open, no words coming out of his mouth. Like he had no words to even say. Like, all right, let's pray for Jake. Uh, there was another time, a bunch of students came to me, they're like, hey, Brian, like, we want to start a prayer group. It's like, that's awesome. A bunch of teenagers want to pray. They want to start a prayer group. I was like, hallelujah, revival is coming. So we got all the prayer, you know, all the kids together, prayer group. They planned it. They got everyone together. We shared our prayer requests. We talked about what we wanted to pray for. And then we went to pray. And no one prayed. <laughs> and that was our prayer group. And the same happens for us, too, as adults. Sometimes we go to our small group, we're at our Bible study, everyone shares prayer requests, and then there's that awkward moment of, who's going to pray? And I can totally empathize, because for many of us, we can be, we can, there's a lot of insecurity around this idea of prayer, and especially the idea of praying out loud. And I can remember being a brand new believer as a teenager in my early 20s. And the idea of praying, especially praying out loud, terrified me. And I felt so insecure about my prayers. Uh, Sometimes my prayers just felt so inadequate. And it was hard for me to pray. I think sometimes we want to... We want our prayer to express our heart, right? Right? But sometimes we don't have the vocabulary to express our heart. Sometimes we don't have the language of prayer. So what we started to do is we started to teach our teenagers how to pray scripture. And we prayed our Bible. And we prayed the Psalms. And it was so awesome because our teenagers began to find the words to express their heart. They learned the language of prayer. It was incredible. And to see teenagers learning how to pray and coming passionately before the Lord to give their their requests to God. It was awesome. And what I found is that as we learned how to pray Scripture, we were able to pray with confidence. And when our teenagers said, Amen, they could say it confidently. And that's what I want for every person in the room 
today. I want us to learn how to pray and to grow in our confidence in prayer and to find the language to express our heart before God so that when we say amen, let it be, yes, amen. When we say that amen, we can say it confidently, knowing that God has heard our prayers and that he will grant our requests in his perfect way, in his perfect timing. And so I couldn't be more excited today to teach the Lord's Prayer. You guys familiar? The Lord's Prayer, it's this very traditional, famous prayer. And um, Jesus actually gave us the Lord's Prayer as a prayer to teach us how to pray. How cool is that? The Lord's Prayer is a prayer to teach us how to pray. Has anyone ever learned another language or done Rosetta Stone or something like that? Think of the Lord's Prayer as the Rosetta Stone of prayer. Because as you pray this prayer, you're actually learning how to pray. How cool is that? So in Matthew 6, which is where we're going to be, Jesus is talking about prayer. And he's he's teaching us how to pray. And last week we saw that Jesus said, when you go to pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who's in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And we talked about what it looks like to pray in the secret place and to shut the door on everything else and to spend a moment with God in prayer and in His Word. It's an awesome thing to do. I hope you guys are getting that time to get alone in the secret place with God. Well, Jesus continued, and he talked about people who go on and on and on and on in their prayers. Never uh, met anybody like that, right? Pastors, elders, okay, we all tend to do that. And what Jesus said is, he says, this then is how you should pray. And what's so amazing is that he gives us a short and powerful 15-second prayer. It's 53 words to inspire your conversation with God. How awesome is that? It's a prayer to teach us how to pray. It's the Rosetta Stone of prayer. It gives us the language and the vocabulary of prayer so that we can come before God and with our own words begin to express our heart before the Lord. It's a prayer to teach us how to pray. And the format of this prayer is so simple. And today I'm going to teach you a simple format using the Lord's Prayer. And you're going to be able to go in your secret place this week. And you're going to begin to have these powerful times of prayer with the Lord. Um, This Friday night, we're doing this prayer night, 7 o'clock here. It's going to be awesome. We're going to use this format as we pray together. It's it's a way to, to, it's Jesus teaching us how to pray. In your small group, in your Bible study, you're going to go to pray. And you're going to start praying just like Jesus. And people are going to be like, whoa, that person knows how to pray. And the reason you're going to know how to pray is because you spent time learning how to pray from Jesus. So let me show you this prayer. I want to show you a simple and powerful way to pray. Um, Let me show you. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This then is how you should pray. And simple format. It's upward, it's outward, and it's inward. Upward. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Outward. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
and then inward. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. It's a short, powerful prayer. It's a prayer to teach us how to pray. And so we're going to learn from Jesus how to pray. So God, thanks for this morning. Thank you that we're here. Thank you that we're at church, that when you're, we're in the house of the Lord and we get to be with you and grow in intimacy with you. Thank you that you're a God who loves us. You're our heavenly Father. You're with us. Your kingdom is coming. Lord, your will is being done on earth and the world is changing because you rule and you reign. So God, help us today as we learn from Jesus. God, would you teach us to pray? Would you inspire us to pray? Would you guide us and give us vocabulary so that when we come before you, we can express our heart to you? And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so how do we pray? Real simple, powerful way to pray. Just like Jesus. We're going to pray like Jesus. And the first way to pray like Jesus is with upward prayer. Upward prayer. And that's how Jesus' prayer starts out. It starts out upward. His prayer begins with upward words. Upward words focus us on God and who he is. Just like we read, Matthew 6, 9. And listen to Jesus as he prays. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Our first words are upward words. Our Father, your name. And so he begins with this, with addressing God as our Father in heaven. So Jesus says, before you pray, you need to know who you're praying to. And you need to know where he is. He is our Father, and he is in heaven. He's not your earthly father, so don't look at him like that. He is your heavenly Father. And when Jesus would pray, he would address God as Abba, Father, which in Aramaic means close Father, intimate Father. And it is such a powerful thing today to understand and to address God as our Heavenly Father and to know that we have a Father in heaven. And I think about my own life and I think about my family and how even fatherlessness has impacted our home and our family. And someday you might get a chance to hear my wife's story. She grew up in a fatherless home, but as she began to understand that God is her heavenly father, it changed her story. She has a hope and a future because of that. When I think about my own life, growing up, having a distant father, becoming, you know, an adult and thinking about having kids and just being so afraid to even have kids because I didn't know if I could be a good dad. But understanding that I have a father in heaven has given me the courage to be the dad that I need to be. It changes our story. It gives us hope and a future. And we live in a day when fatherlessness is impacting our world like never before. I want you to think about this. Do you realize that one in three children will go to bed tonight without a father in the home? One in three children will go to bed tonight 
without a father in the home. And here we have a God who is the father of mercy. He's the father of compassion. He's, a, he's our heavenly father. He is a father to the fatherless. And when we know that and understand that, it changes our story. It gives us a hope and a future. So what Jesus is saying is, when you come before God, take a moment and begin to realize how good and how great your Father in heaven is. He is not a distant father. He is a close, intimate father. And that's who we're praying to when we talk to God. We talk to our heavenly Father. We're praying upward prayers. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Which just means holy is your name. Which means awesome is your name. Which means praise to your name. Which means matchless and wonderful is your name. And even as we come to our Father in prayer, we begin to to pour out our praise before Him. Do you realize that the name of God has over 200 descriptions in the Bible? I've met some people that when they're awake in the middle of the night, they pray through the names of God. A, you know, Alpha, B. Some of you probably do that, so you could go through. Yeah, okay. Um, Well, did you know the name of God has over 200 descriptions in the Bible? Names like we sang earlier today. Yahweh. I am who I am. I will be who I will be. El Roi, which means he is the God who sees you. You came in today feeling alone, and yet he is the God who sees you. He is Yahweh, your Ray, your provider. Yahweh Rapha, your healer. Elohim, mighty, powerful, creator. He is the name above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And how many of you here today know it is powerful to praise God's name? There is power in God's name. Prayer, this is awesome. See, when Jesus teaches us to pray, prayer doesn't start with our needs, does it? Prayer starts with His praise. And so what if when we came to pray, we just stopped and took a moment and we began to contemplate who God is? And using our own words, we began to say, oh God, you are awesome. You are worthy. You deserve it all. You're my healer. You're my, my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my God who loves me. And we just began to pour out our praise to him and begin to dream just about how how we can begin to come before God and use our words and to pray upward prayers, just like Jesus. Jesus is teaching us how to pray. We start upward. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer goes from upward to outward. So we pray, one of the ways we pray like Jesus is going upward and then outward. Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I think this is nice because it's saying that prayer is not about getting our will done in heaven. No, no. 
Prayer is about getting God's will done on earth. And what is God's will? His will is that his kingdom would come to earth. His will is that his will would be done on earth just as it, as it is in heaven. So what is his kingdom? Kingdom, very simply, is a king's domain. Kingdom, a king's domain. God's kingdom is God's domain. I was thinking about my house. My house is my kingdom. Right? Some of you, teenagers, you got a room. Your room, your kingdom. Now, it's still under another kingdom, so just keep that in mind. But I was thinking about this. A year and a half ago, we bought a new house, and the domain of our house changed. The king of the house changed. It, 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 it's pretty cool because a couple of weeks ago, the guy we bought our house from just came back. And um, we actually got to meet him, which was cool, before um, he moved to Florida. He's an older gentleman, awesome guy named Richie, um, the kind of guy that just takes awesome care of his house. And then he'd go to the neighbors and he'd help them with their projects and just a great guy, an older guy, and his wife died years ago, and he moved to Florida to be near his son. And he was back in our, in our area, and um, he just became great friends with our neighbors and their neighbors, and we're becoming friends with our neighbors, and so we all got together, and we went out to dinner, which was just an awesome thing. Um, but Richie wanted to walk through the house and just see how the house was doing, see how it changed. And you could see it, right? Different, you change the king, you change the house. You change the domain, the house changes. Before, it had a different color of carpet in every room. You ever seen that house? You got the red, you got the purple, the green, the pink. It was awesome, right? But for a different king. Put fresh paint on the wall, put a shower in the bathroom, and we're doing the whole tour. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love the house. I love the changes you've made. But you change the king, it changes the house, right? And then we go out to dinner and, you know, laughing, having fun, having a great time. The check comes, and he grabs the check, and he's like, he's like I got this one. I just sold my house and made a lot of money. <laughs> like, thanks. My other neighbor's like, yeah, this one's on Brian, huh? I'm like, yeah, indirectly. <laughs> but he's just that kind of guy, great guy. We laughed. But you change the king, you change the house, and... I was just thinking about this. The King has come. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The King has come. He died on the cross for our sins. He rose from the dead. And He lives. And His kingdom is coming to reign in the hearts of people all over this world. The kingdom is coming. His will is being done. It's transforming our planet. It's transforming the world See, the kingdom, you guys, this is really important. The kingdom is not just a future state. God's kingdom is a present reality. Kingdom is not from here. But God's kingdom is for here. And so we pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And for us to pray this genuinely and authentically, for heaven to come to earth and the kingdom to come to earth, we need to understand a little bit what heaven is like. See, heaven is perfection. And in heaven, there are no wars, there's no famine, there's no racism, there's no terrorism, there's no narcissism, there are no stabbings, no killings, no children are abused, there's no debt, no cancer, no disease, there's no anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts. The kingdom is where God lives and God rules. And you change the king, the whole house begins to change. And I got to tell you, I love what God has in store for our world. And so where are you beginning to pray? God, your kingdom come. God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And maybe you're here, you're in your chair right now, and you're saying, I need your kingdom to come to my life. I need, God, I need you to transform me. I need a change of domain in my life. I need heaven's reign. So Jesus, today I surrender my life to you. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life. And God's going to answer that prayer. Where do you want to see God's kingdom come? In the life of my child, would your kingdom come? God, through my work, God, in my workplace, in my neighborhood, at my high school, with my friends, my campus, God, let your kingdom come, which your will be done. Revive our churches. Lord, reign in this nation. And heaven can come to earth in all of these situations. Do you believe that? I believe it. Jesus is teaching us outward prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so many times in my life, and I've caught myself doing this, if we come, right, and we've got our needs. God, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. And P.S., I love you. And Jesus is saying, prayer is so much bigger than that. Let me ask you a question. If God answered all your prayers, would it change the world? Or would it just change your world? Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. It's upward. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's outward. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And last one. It's inward. It's inward. And so the, the focus of this prayer changes. And it begins now to focus on us. Inward prayer. And Jesus zeroes in on three important requests. And I believe that, that what we're reading here 
these three requests, these three inward prayers, these are, are powerful prayers to pray every day for yourself and for others. These are the core inward prayers for our life. Listen to Jesus as he prays. This then is how you should pray. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now, Jesus did not have any debts to forgive. He never sinned. He did forgive others, but he's teaching us how to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Three important requests. We want to pray every single day. God, I need daily bread. I need daily forgiveness. And I need daily deliverance from temptation and evil. I need that every day. There are a lot of things that aren't in this prayer. Remember Jesus taught us to pray for our enemies? So that's important, but it's not in this prayer. Maybe you're battling pain or sickness or some sort of an illness and you're praying for God to heal you. It's a powerful prayer. It's not in this prayer. So we're praying, God, I need a date. God, would you get rid of my date? <laughs> Both are great prayers, important prayers. Or maybe you have a deadline coming up at work or, or maybe um, there's anxiety over something or, or maybe, maybe you need wisdom and God says, doesn't God say, Ask for wisdom. He'll give it freely. So these are all important prayers. And all of our prayers matter to God. But all of those prayers may or may not be things that you need to pray today. What Jesus is dialing us into are the three, the three prayers that we want to pray every single day. These are our core inward prayers. This is our core track, all right? For those of you who work out, these are, this is the core track right here. Give us today our daily bread. Bread. Give us today our daily bread. Bread represents our needs. It represents what we need to survive the day. And I know with, with me and with my little ones, when they have a need, I'm there. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Hudson, if he needs his diaper changed, I'm there. Lydia's crying, I'm there. Why? Because I love them. And the same way with your needs, your Heavenly Father is going to provide for you. Listen, He knows what you need even before you ask. But a part of this prayer that we need to understand is that we are asking for our daily needs and not our daily greeds. And that's because God wants us to be generous and not to be gluttonous. And so many times culture begins to impact how we pray. And so we're not praying for our daily bread, are we? We're praying for like the five-course meal and two rounds of dessert. God, give me it all. Give me it now. And I've found myself praying like that because culture begins to impact our prayers. But what's God's heart for us? 
God's heart for us is that we would trust and depend on him every single day, especially in this area of finances. God's heart for us is that we would steward our finances well and that we would trust him as a heavenly father who loves us and knows what we need. And so maybe you're here today, single mom, single dad. God's going to provide for you. Maybe you're deep in debt and you don't know how you're going to get out. As you begin to trust God and to follow his plan, he's going to help you find your way out. Maybe you're here today and there's some fear in your finances. So you bring that to your heavenly father. He wants to lift the weight of that fear from your life because you can trust him. He's your heavenly father. We have needs every day and the needs change every day, don't they? And that's why we're going to God every day. Give us today our daily bread. Number two, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And just like we have needs every day, um, you know, we need forgiveness every day. And there are people to forgive every day. And I believe that this is the part of the prayer where we want to stop and we want to release the burden of, of our sin before God. But we also want to release the burden of others' sins against us. We want to do both. There's not a person in this room who doesn't need forgiveness. We all stumble in many ways. And what's awesome is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He paid the penalty for our sins. Your debt was nailed to the cross. It was paid in full. It was hurled into the depths of the sea. And there's nothing, do you understand this? There's nothing that can separate you from his love. When you trusted in Jesus Christ, all of your sin, all of your debt, past, present, and future was forgiven. That's how much he loves us. But how wonderful is it when we do sin and we do stumble to come and to confess our sin to God and to experience his mercy anew. His mercy is new every single day. And every single day we have an opportunity to experience that mercy anew. And sometimes sin can get in the way of our relationship with God. And so we confess our sin and it keeps us close, keeps us close to God. So we confess our sin, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I've actually learned through praying this prayer, and I would encourage you all to do the same, as you get to this point to pause and to think, is there someone in my life that I need to forgive? Because that can be an incredible weight, an incredible burden on our life. And God wants to release us from that. And the way God releases us from that burden is to forgive that person. So we're taking time to confess our sins to God, ask for forgiveness, and to forgive others who've sinned against us. Last one. Give us, forgive us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is another powerful prayer. Again, something we want to pray every day. Evil's real. Temptation is strong. The Bible says the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we don't have to go looking for 
darkness and evil because it, it does plenty of advertising on its own, doesn't it? We see it all around us. And so we've all seen the stories of, of the couple at church and, and their, their marriage is falling out apart and they give up on their marriage. Or we've seen where um, pastors and even national leaders have fallen into sexual sin. We've seen, um, we've seen families who've walked away from the Lord. We've seen friends who are belie- believing lies about themselves. We, we see men and women being locked into the bondage of pornography and sexual sin. And so temptation does plenty of advertising. Darkness, lies, it's advertising everywhere. And what Jesus says is he says, when you pray, because we're in this battle every day, he says, when you pray, say, lead us not into into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So when we come before God, we want to ask for his help against temptation and the battles that we're facing. See, prayer is the place where we fight our battles, and prayer is going to be the place where we win our battles. Jesus said, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I love this. The Spirit is willing. The Spirit of God is strong in you, but the flesh is weak. Our flesh is weak, so our prayers must be strong. We're going to come before God, and just in our own words, God, this is what I'm wrestling with. This is what I'm battling. God, help me. Help me against the temptation. Oh, man, there is power in the name of Jesus, and through the name of Jesus, we can overcome. But the battle is fought, and the battle is won in the place of prayer. This is our core track. (laughs) It's three prayers we want to pray every day. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So that was a lot, right? 15-second prayer, 45-minute talk. You guys are ready. You're ready to pray and to pray like Jesus. What does it look like to pray like Jesus? Real quick, it's upward. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's outward. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then it's inward. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's nice, isn't it, to have some words to help us pray? It's a short, powerful prayer. A few years ago, I was in Costa Rica, and uh, it was awesome. I love Costa Rica. But I don't know any Spanish. So I wanted to learn. I was there. I was like, this is my chance to learn some Spanish. So I tried to pick up some Spanish words. And then I I committed to order all of my food in Spanish. And I remember one night after a great Costa Rican dinner, I was getting ready to order dessert, order some coconut flan. Good stuff. And uh, the waiter came by. But instead of saying flan de coco, I said flan de coca. And my neighbor nudges me and he's like, dude, bro, you just ordered flan with cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) It's nice to have some words to express our heart before God. 
Simple words, powerful words. This is a prayer to teach us how to pray. It's a simple format. You can take it home, take it into the secret place and begin to cry out to the Lord with these upward prayers, with these outward prayers, with these inward prayers. Begin to pray your life and begin to pray God's kingdom to come all around you. It's everything we've talked about. So come on, everybody, right where we are. Let's pray this prayer together. Will you do that with me? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Everybody said, Amen. Let's stand.